with Casey Great. Thank you for joining us. I am here with a really cool guy that I, I've got to meet a, a while back, Jordan Williams. And Jordan's got all kinds of stuff going on. The main thing he's doing right now is called Keith Cravat. And uh, he makes really sweet custom bow ties and, and neckwear and stuff like that. So, Jordan, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate you taking time. Scott, thank you for having me. I didn't realize it was going to be called Casey Greats. Well, so to know I'm a Casey Great, I'm you are, man. Flattered to hear that. We got to get the word out. So, <laughs> thanks, man. It's an it's, honor to be on the show with you. Well, it's very cool. So, I always love to know, you know, background and stuff. Are are you a Casey native? Did are you born and raised here or what? Yes, um, I get that question a lot. When I tell people I am from Kansas, they're like, "Really." Um, so I'll give you the fun story. So yes, I'm born and raised in Kansas City. I uh, grew up out in South Kansas City. Okay. Uh, not Olathe, but Grandview, Ruskin area. Yeah. I uh, graduated from Ruskin in 2010. Count so I'm down a in the triangle. Yep, down in the triangle, South Triangle. There you go. Um, however, I left and I moved to I spent some time in Florida. Oh, cool. So I got a lot of experience. I used to work for Disney World. I did an um, internship there for like a, a year. It was incredible, by the way. Those are supposed to be pretty neat programs. Right? It is. It was. It was. It was a fantasy program. That's, <laughs> <go with. laughs> That's really neat, man. They have yeah. a uh, a really strong. My understanding is really strong way to implement their vision, where what faces the customer versus what goes on behind the scenes is totally different. This it is a fantasy, and it's such a fantasy that you believe and act and do what the Disney experience is because it's an experience you know people literally come all over the world to go to Disney and I was at Disney where I was in Orlando so the experience was just that much better you know um and being an employee there I learned a lot about international people I understood oh, I languages that I never heard I met people um that I just never knew I would meet and so that really shifted me. That be, that was the, the the beginning of me becoming more aware of who I am um, and the impact that I could have on people. Because I'm meeting people that just are not from my zip code anymore. You're getting out of your circles exactly. every single day. Exactly. Probably both with um, customers as well as individuals because they have a pretty international workforce, don't they? Exactly, yeah. And, I've, and I st I'm still friends today with those people that I met back in 2011, I think it was. And then I came back after the program, um, and then I spent some time here, and I went out to Chicago. So I went Very to nice. school in Columbia College. And so what I tell people is Kansas City raised me, Chicago made me. Okay. <laughs> I was of... there for a sh short period of time, but it literally gave me that sense of fire and that desire to go out and get it, to just go and win and not be afraid uh, of the the doubts and the uncertainty in my mind, you know. Everybody's got them, yeah, for sure. But well, I'm a Kansas City native. Yes. That's really cool, man. Yeah. So what what did you study when you were up there? At, at Photography. Really? I was supposed to be the most respected <laughs> photographer in the world. I, I was just in in tune with just photographs. I really have an eye for detail and. When I was a young boy, my mom, my grandmother, who I call mom, she would always get these little uh, disposable cameras for me to take when we go to, I would travel to Memphis every summer. Have family down there? Family down there. We would nice. go down there for like at least two weeks at a time every summer. And it was just awesome. And I would take photos on the disposable camera and she would go get them developed. And I just enjoyed doing that. Like that was my, that was my task, you know? And so as I grew up, I said, I'm going to be a photographer, but not cool. realizing it was just a hobby. That's what it was. Yeah, but the uh, 
the extension into the world of, of, of the arts yeah. and design and stuff exactly. like that and having an eye for things. Yeah. Interesting that just a simple little uh, simple little camera from, from grandma, yeah, grandma could start that off because yes. it seems like it's probably carried into what you're doing now. Yeah, and I, and I still photograph. So when it, when it comes to my shoots, I do work with photographers uh, when it comes to Keep Provide. Mm-hmm. Um, but every now and then I pull out my camera and that iPhone 10, oh my God. I've heard it's a really, oh from people God. that know photography, yes. I'm not one. I've heard that it's just amazing. As the far portrait as... mode. Uh, I have a DSLR. I don't even use it when I do photos. No anymore. way. Like literally, I'm like, wow. Is that good? Really nice. It's that good. Um, and you don't have to go and do all that editing and all that and make sure it look, it's that good. Um, I don't do it now with, you know, like a, like I do a product shots. I don't really do it with the, the models that I work with. So you I have bring professionals that, yeah, that you work in. with and yeah. do all their lighting setups exactly. and studio yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, but product shots, yeah. little backdrop, little white sound box. Website stuff, things like that. that. Yeah. Instagram. Okay. Follow me at Keith Cravat, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> so kind of getting there. So you come back to Kansas City. Uh, you've studied photography, yeah. and you land back in KC, and you probably just had a grand plan. You knew exactly where it was going, mm-hmm. and now let's make it happen, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you said when I got back to Chicago, or got back from Chicago? Yeah. So, fun thing, or fun fact, rather, it wasn't a fun thing, but in Chicago, I had to drop out of college because I couldn't afford to take out another student loan. It's expensive. Man. Oh, man. And Columbia College, was, which was an awesome experience, it's just very expensive, though. Um, so I decided to make a conscious decision to uh, pursue an entrepreneur journey. I said, okay, look, nice. if I'm not going to go to college and get the degree that everyone is telling me I need to be successful, then what can I do to um, amplify my time and experience in Kansas City? Because I did not want to be here. I'm trying to tell you, I was not looking forward to coming back. But I had came to the, the conclusion that when I came back in 2013, Kansas City was different. It was um, it was something in the in the energy in the space, and I was just like, "Hold up, Kansas City is not what it once was, or it probably was always that." I just didn't ex- um, I just didn't go into those spaces where I now can you know feel like I'm in my element. So it could have been going on, to, you know, just to pay respect to those who have built and created a space for Kansas Cityans um, all along. But when I came back, I seen that and I tapped in. I said, "You nice. know what, Kansas City is growing." Um, I'm growing, so what I'm going to do is grow with my city. Um, and it's been the best decision that I can make, literally. Because back in 2013, to where it's at now, fast forward, it's a oh. lot of growth, just in five years. You were, I wouldn't say it was early in 2013 with a lot of the stress of entrepreneurship and startups in Kansas City, but it was it was really hitting that hockey stick of the curve. It was. You know, it was really starting was. on that huge upswing where the last five years, yeah. you've, you've probably seen just a total explosion of it. A shift. And it reminded me of Chicago, which I love that city. Um, the development there. And I, I took a class when I was there. It was about the city of Chicago. And they were talking about how back in the 90s, downtown Chicago was like the most dangerous area in Chicago. Wow. Now, downtown Chicago is the tourist location. It's, it. it's the safest spot in Chicago. Everyone goes there. And I live in South Loop, which you have the mm-hmm. South Loop, West Loop, and it's all located downtown Chicago. So I stayed in South Loop. And um, being in that environment, you had the financial district, you had the uh, the college district, you had the business district, you had the tourist all of these things I was being consumed with in my mind, I'm like, whoa. So I come to Kansas City, 
I'm not saying that we're on Chicago's level, but we have made tremendous progress in how we move, how we groove. The fact that we have, I think, what, two luxury apartments downtown is a big deal. <laughs> that didn't, used to be a wasteland down there. Right. right? And there's so many things are just blowing up. I was looking at some photos um, of what Kansas City looked like in 2001 and what it looks like now. It's like, wow, a lot has changed in just such a short time. Different deal. Yeah, and so it's exciting. I feel like Kansas City is a a place um, that I can thrive because it's thriving, you know? Very good. So you're back here in 2013. Was the idea of Keith Cravat or, you know, bow ties, was that always in your head? Or was it just instant uh, instant inspiration that you got somewhere? How did it come about? You know... I used to be uh, the guy that was underage in the clubs drinking <laughs> and stuff. That was me because all my friends are older than me. So I would sneak into the clubs. And so uh, I think I was 20 or 19. I Well, yeah, I was 20. I had moved back from Chicago. Now, back in Chicago at Columbia, I wore bow ties. Like, that was my thing. Cool. And it kind of distinguished me. Like, people knew Jordan wore bow ties. And it was kind of like my signature piece. And it was kind of like something that I liked. So I enjoyed... Uh, I enjoyed the respect that I got from that, the confidence that it literally gave me. Because when I put a bow tie on, it just spoke to how bold I was. Yeah, because somebody's going to comment on it. Exactly. You can't hide. That is the truest thing I've heard today. Um, Because I I used to struggle with not being able to, um, I guess, move in spaces that I knew I was supposed to move in. Like, I knew I commanded people's attention. I just didn't know how to command their attention. I knew I was called to be a KC great. I just didn't know how I was going to be great. And so the bow tie, when I stop, and I'm very reflective about things, when I stop and think, I'm like, yo, it's the bow tie. People are coming up to me. Now, when I don't have this bow tie on, oh, no one's looking at me. No one's blend. paying me any attention. In. I'm a yeah. tall guy, but oh, I can yeah. slink down. And, you know. Seriously. And, you know, uh, so coming coming forward, forward, coming to the understanding that it was the bow tie back in Chicago that really gave me that boost of energy because I felt like I was the man in Chicago. Mind you, all these different districts, I was just moving. I was so inspired by just all the young people doing, and then uh, people of color doing things. It was just like, wow, this is so cool. So I came back home, and um, uh, I was uh, I was in a relationship at the time, and I was telling my significant other that I was going to start a bow tie business, and um, and I said I was going to call it Keith. Kravit is what I called it at first. No, it was Keithy Kravit because I didn't know how to pronounce it. Um, but I ended up talking to a friend who I met in um, Disney World or was it Chicago? I don't know where I met him, but he spoke French. And he told me that Keith is, uh, it means tight. It means dope, like in English language. Really? Like it look, it's awesome. Well, that's cool. Uh, right. I and so I was like, Keith means, so in people in Paris and all that, when they say Keith, that's like a form of like respect. That's dope. I like that. And I said, okay, cool. And then cravat uh, is neckwear in the French language too. So the name is French. And so I said, oh, so it's Keith Cravat. And then I was like, oh, dope. Didn't even know. So this is a fun fact. This is the first interview where I'm actually being honest and transparent. But <laughs> Keith Cravat 
I never realized that the acronyms that Keith provide was a reflection of KC, like, which is on. from the city. That's, I didn't know that's that. like perfectly planned. Someone, man. someone told Angela, Angela Haywood, Angela Haywood, who happens to be my first client. Shout out to her. She acknowledged it, but she acknowledged it in the form of "I'm so proud of you. You got KC in the name," and I was just like, uh, "Oh yeah, I planned that. I do have KC in the name." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it was perfect, just an eye opener thing for me, and I was just like, "I didn't even know." And so when uh, when she said that, I've just been saying it ever since. I was like, "Yeah." So when I came up with the name, I wanted it to be all this and that, and it was just so funny. So this is my first time actually sharing the truth behind that. <laughs> but the truth shall set you free, right? Exactly. Well. <laughs> Come on, it makes a really good business story. It's like, you know, we strategically weighed all our options mm-hmm. of, you know, the K and the C, yeah. and we came up with something that really yeah. hit the touch points of the city. Right. And, you know, and Keith means noble, gentle, lovable, and handsome. And oh, then Kravat means neckwear. So essentially, it's about a man who's tying together his nobility or his gentleness or his handsomeness when he puts on a Keith Kravat bow tie or a necktie or ascot, whatever else we produce. That's really cool. I never, I didn't know the the uh, etymology, the words, mm-hmm. and understanding that, and hearing the story about how it's, you know, just the item, the bow tie, is kind of a touch point for mm-hmm. you, yeah. from your time in Chicago and a confidence builder and getting out of, out of your comfort zone. Yeah, that's really cool. That makes for a cool start story there. Yeah, of the uh, of the business. Man. Yeah, and it was it. so funny because you, thank you. And, and what's so funny is um, I had no experience in being a seamstress, no experience in design, uh, structure, gonna do it. none of that. Like literally none. I just knew that I was going to grow with Kansas City, and because I had, mind you, I had to, I had to take an entrepreneur journey because I. If I didn't, I wasn't going to be anything, right? I wasn't going to have the college degree. I wasn't you know, going to be successful. That's such a great story, though, to hear right now for for everybody from a, a 14-year-old to a 40-year-old. It's not the same journey for everybody. And I think as a society, we're realizing that. Mm-hmm. It's not high school, college, job. High school, college, job for everybody. It could be the trades. It could be starting your own thing that you didn't really know how to do a month ago. True. And I hope that, you know, generationally that's changing yeah. because the high school college job thing is broken right. for a lot of people. And it, and it, you know, like you said, it's expensive. No, a no. bunch more student debt probably wouldn't have got you to the same place you are now. Exactly. So. And I know, um, and, and I feel like I just, just so I'm clear, I noticed I had just said um, if I didn't go and start the entrepreneur business, I mm-hmm. wouldn't be anything. But I don't want to discount. I think we know what you mean. Yeah, I don't. But to the listeners, I don't want to discount or undermine um, anyone who was in a position that necessarily wasn't the result or evidence of gaining a college degree. Because I feel like a lot of people think that if they don't go to college, that they have to be an entrepreneur. And let me tell you, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. No, it's just not. It's a and different it's, journey. It is, and so I don't want people to think or feel as though they're not here or. I guess what I'm saying is my comment to me came off as if if you don't have a degree, you're not successful, or if you're an entrepreneur, you're not. So I just want to just go ahead and speak to the truth that that's not true, that that's not that's not fair for me to say. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that. It's fair enough, and yeah. I think people realize that. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody's going to hold that against you. But, I hope not, right? But <laughs> but it's a truth too mm-hmm. that you know a lot of folks used to look at look down on somebody. Oh, you don't have a college degree. Yeah. 
you know, and we're to the point now when even larger companies, big corporations are starting to realize, you know, we don't necessarily have to have a four-year piece of paper behind every software developer or Mm -hmm. every business development rep or Mm -hmm. stuff like that because, you know, maybe they came from your background and then switched and they learned these things on the street, essentially, or in their own office or their back shop. And I just... Hopefully, the world is changing and realizing that, yeah. you know. And nowadays, we're seeing the rise of, uh, you know, back to internships and apprentices and things yeah. like that for trades, which is is needed, you know. Yeah, because a lot of people need the experience. So they can really determine yeah. if this is what they really want to do. Well, it makes it for, to me, and this is just my opinion, but it makes it for a more healthy, robust, uh, not just economy, but uh, mm-hmm. workforce across the board. True. You know, you've got all levels there. Yeah. So I believe you. Well, well, tell us about the first. Uh, you said you you didn't know anything about sewing or design. Oh, yeah. Tell us about the first bow tie. <sighs> How would that go? Okay. So mind you, I started Keith Cravat. I was a dropout college student, no money, in grandma's basement is where it all started. <laughs> um, I was uh, very resourceful. I'm a very resourceful person. I'm very reflective of things, and I and I tap into things that allow me to be great, if you will, because uh, I, I know how to start with nothing. And so I did. So when I started Keep Cravat, uh, I didn't have a sewing machine. I didn't have uh, any training, proper training, rather, uh, on how to sew. So what I would do, or what I did do, was I grabbed my iPhone, shout out to Apple, Got my iPhone and I went to YouTube and I typed in how to hand sew. Uh, you know, go back a little bit here. So I went to my grandmother's room. You know, grandma always got something uh, handy. And mm-hmm. it was a sewing kit. So it was a little cheap little sewing kit. You get like the dollar store or whatever. And uh, it was a, a, a little um, thread. It was some thread in there. It was a needle and a little cushion and some a little scissors. Or something. All that. I had that, mind you, resources. That was one resource. Didn't have to pay for that. Uh, didn't have any fabric. I said, oh, well, if I need to make a bow tie, I'm going to need fabric. But mind you, I didn't even know fabric stores existed. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know That's that. That's not was, your circles, man. I always or wondered mine. what Joanne's was when I rolled past <laughs> it. It was a fabric store. But anywho, um, mind you, this is only five years ago. How, that goes to show you how clearly um, uh, what I did not know. But anywho, so... Piggyback, just to tell the story. I had mom's sewing machine or sewing handy kit with the little stuff that I need, the essentials. Then I had uh, the YouTube video on how to sew. Then I went to Savers, which is a secondhand store. I told the uh, people in the store, I said, hey, I need neckties. Because what I did was, was I took the necktie fabric and turned it into bow ties. So I was... Being uh, upcycling, upcycling. There you go, saving the world, right? That's right. There's <laughs> so, a whale alive right now no, because seriously. you sewed from neckties. No, literally. <laughs> and so I went to the lady. I said, "Look, all I have is ten dollars, and your ties are priced at three dollars a piece. And I know I can get a deal with you know. I was always told to negotiate, so I, I negotiate with the young lady, and she was just like, um." Let me make a call. So she calls the people in the back and she said, hey, I have a gentleman up here. He has $10 and he wants to buy neckties, but he needs more than enough because he's trying to make bow ties out of them. And they was like, oh, well, we got a box of them that we can have. So I was like, a box? Ten bucks? Ten bucks. So I literally had this box, you know, like when you get paper for your job or the Mm -hmm. office or whatever, that big box that comes in. It was one of those boxes and it was full of neckties. I think it was over a hundred some neckties in there. 
um, and I got it for ten dollars. Mind Damn. you, I only had ten dollars. You got so a startup. <laughs> that's what started it. And she uh, and I even had some change that came back because she charged me nine dollars. You know, you got taxes and stuff. So <laughs> I ended up getting like twenty something, twenty something cent back. But anywho, I started the company with that lousy ten dollars and the the resources that I had available. And so I literally went back home. Oh, and I also had a hot glue gun. And so the person I was dating at the time, uh, they had an actual hot glue gun too, resources. So I went back home. Uh, I, I learned how to hand sew, took the necktie, cut it out, whatever, flipped the spirit, make a little bow tie, put a little thread in the middle, and it had a bow. And then I had to cut the neck piece, and I had to hot glue it on because I didn't know how else to bring these bad boys to close. So cool. my first collection, I think I had about 12 bow ties, and they were made with hot glue and necktie <laughs> fabric needles and thread it was just trash but people bought it and what i realized was they didn't and, and i also had velcro that's how it snapped that's how the high glue snapped so i had a piece of velcro and then the part that closed it on the other side and that's hot so i had velcro hot so, glue bow ties a, essentially a pre-made knot tie yourself exactly. just pre-made this looks snazzy look it looked great no one never seen it i mean it was just like that's kind of dope um but the craftsmanship was just terrible i must say um but now that uh th that's how i got started but what i realized is people wasn't buying the bow tie because they wanted to support or wanted to wear it they bought it because they wanted to support me they saw this crazy idea that this negro then created a bow tie with <laughs> hot glue and now it's on the market but <laughs> i think to me and and there's there's an appreciation there for man you're hitting it you know, yeah. you're hitting the grind. You're you're getting it done. You just did it. You took your nine dollars and seventy two cents. Yeah. And look what you did with it. Yeah. And I think that it's, is a great reason to buy a product as yeah. as that's not only that, but also got some style. Yeah, it's it's been a transition. And then I began to learn more about the product. I started doing research. Like, okay, what is actually, and they call it bow tie hardware. So if anyone wears a bow tie, those little pieces that are on there is called hardware. Didn't know what a pattern was. I didn't know that our shirts have patterns. I thought they just made shirts and that's just yeah. how it was. But it was a pattern. So I ended up getting patterns designed. I ended up getting um, a sewing machine. I ended up getting iron press. Uh, got cutting boards, didn't know what that was. All this stuff was foreign to me. I just knew that I had to make a bow tie for the noble, gentle, lovable, and handsome man uh, that happened to be in Kansas City, right? You know, if there's anything to learn from that, it's you started with this perfect avatar yeah. of, of who it is that's going to buy this product. Yeah, that's what it was. And then created the product for him. And yeah. that, we hear that in so many uh, podcasts and, and That's what it was. advice columns about entrepreneurship. It's, it started it's with know that. who you're selling to, man. Yeah, and, it, and what was so interesting at the time, Kansas City, especially in the, the communities and circles I ran it, it was not that many people uh, that dressed like that. Like when you put a bow tie on, that's a little intimidating, uh, especially to a man that, A, probably don't know how to tie one. You know, yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's that. That was the beginning. I literally the first bow tie I made. I had wore it out to. I think that's where I was going earlier. So let's piggyback there. I went out <laughs> to a club one night, had my bow tie on and a blazer. I was just, I was, I was dope. Okay. I think I might have been drunk too or a little high. So I had this spirit that I just felt good. I looked good, and I had uh, a couple people came up to me and they were just like, "Where did you get that bow tie?" And I was just like, you talking to me? me? Made it. Me? <laughs> and so in that moment, I said, 
I'm going to sell these. Mind you, the only reason I was really making it back in, I think, what was it, December, early January? I forgot when it was. But when I was making them, I wasn't making them to sell them. I was making them just because I like bow ties. Just to wear it. And then when I got asked, where can I buy that at? I said, oh, this is my entrepreneur. Mind you, the whole time I'm in Kansas City, I'm thinking, like, what am I going to do to start an entrepreneur journey? And that's where it started. This woman and a, a man had came up to me. And I think I was in Martini Corner. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't check IDs over there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> At least then. At least, no. But I had a fake. I had a fake. It, it worked. It worked. <laughs> oh, man. So that was the moment. It's like, oh, this makes perfect sense. And that's when I did a fashion show. Um, oh, what was it called? I forgot. But it was uh, Bonnie Monroe. Uh, she is one of Kansas City's greats, too, I think. Um, when it comes to building a fashion space, she was one of those first people that did it. Um, and she invited me to the show. I was on the production and I did the show and that was when it started. So I had this big audience that never seen glued Velcro bow ties. (laughs) And so they were just like, yo, and that took, that's when it started. And after that, it was, um, did presentations. I started getting calls to do this. I was on the news. The mayor wanted to, well, I, I went up to the mayor Cause he wore bow ties. I was like, look, you don't know my name, but I'm Jordan Williams and I make bow ties and you wear them. So I need to get you one. And Perfect. he was just like, who is this guy talking to me like this? <laughs> and he invited me to his office and I uh, went to his office, showed him some bow ties or whatever. And um, yeah, so he became a client and a friend. And, and so it was just so interesting how it happened. Style. Yeah, he does have style. <laughs> I, you know, he's coming out of office and, um, when I set to talk to him, he told me he couldn't accept gifts that were valued at so much money sure. because of the politics and all that. And I said, okay. So he's coming out of office here in a couple of years, I believe in 2019. Um, and so when he do, I'm going to reach out to him and I want to produce a uh, collection and call it the Marislaw James Collection uh, by Keith Cravat or something. I think that's awesome because yeah. the guy's, uh, he's somebody that's clearly passionate about our city. Yeah, he is. Whether, whether somebody agrees with a, a politician or not, yeah, he does a great job of just making it clear that he's about Kansas City. Yeah, so hopefully that will that will happen. I'm, I'm gonna harass him. I sent him an email. He didn't get back to me, but it's okay. <laughs> well, I, I don't think he's a listener, so it's no big deal. Oh, he may be. Someone we, we'll tag him in. There. You okay. never know. Well, so you had a lot to learn after that first yeah. show. It sounds mm-hmm. like was it all still just YouTube education, or was there was there somebody in town that said, hey, mm-hmm. hey? Let's let's learn about how to sew these things or no it was it was YouTube University for the first year yeah that's awesome I I would go on there I would type in how to build a marketing plan how to create a website I did everything on YouTube if it wasn't for YouTube I mean my God Uh, it wasn't until I started getting traction I started getting respect and people from uh, the business and the startup community started to notice me. Um, and when they start to notice me and I start to notice them and it existed because I didn't know it existed the first year. Um, I was just doing my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was moving and grooving. I wasn't really worried about um, what resources are available uh, to that extent. I just knew YouTube was my man. Like that was my teacher. It's working. It was doing it. <laughs> and so, yeah, for the first year, I spent a lot of time on YouTube. I need to probably go back to YouTube University. I just thought about that. Um, yeah, I, I've spent a lot of time on YouTube, but then I end up getting introduced to 
all kinds of people. Uh, I met this beautiful woman named Anna McNear. Uh, she's still my friend, one of my mentors. Uh, then I met Jennifer um, Pfeiffer, well, rightfully sown. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome individual. I met Dante Combs. I met all these different people in, that in Kansas City showed me uh, some things I didn't know. I then met um, Tom Boozer. He used to be over uh, the Block E-Scholars program. He's one of the instructors over okay. there. Um, then I got introduced to that, and I got introduced to, oh, you know what? I'm telling a big story. <laughs> I went to KC SourceLink um, yeah. um, after I had produced my website, because once I realized I had people buying it, I was like, oh, my God. So I went to KC SourceLink, and the man there, um, I told him that I wanted to start this business in, like, 90 days. <laughs> he was like, when is, he was like, I was like, it needs to be launched by March 1st. Something like that. And he was just like, there's no way you're going to start a business by then. <laughs> and I was just like, the hell I'm not. You know, I'm like, who are you doing t- Who the hell are you telling me? I'm not going to start a business. So I took it um, as a as a way of that he was coming down on me. He was trying to tell me what I can and cannot do. And what, in hindsight, okay, in hindsight, I see exactly what that man was telling me. But at the time, I wasn't trying to hear that. I was trying to hear what can you do for me so I can, mind you, I was very self-egotistical, very self-driven, very, very self-centered at the time I started my company. Um, and so I didn't really care what he had to say. I just knew I had to get it done. But anywho, in hindsight, him telling me that I wasn't ready, he was so true. It was so true because I, I literally got in and I introduced this business to this community of people that followed me and I didn't have my SHIT t- together. I just didn't. <laughs> And so, and I, you know, and I had to struggle and allow people to see my struggle physically. Like they saw it. Like you can tell when I wasn't doing what I needed to do to be great. And so I grew my business with my following. So people that has been following me from like day one have seen where I was and where I am. And so I guess the, 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 the takeaway is if someone tells you you're not ready, just believe them. Don't take it personal because I took it very personal. I said, the hell with that. I'm going to do it. But I'm glad I made that decision. That's hard, I'm glad to, uh, that's hard to see in the moment, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I think I'm like, like everybody, we don't always want to be told what to do. Yeah. You know. Whether we know that person is more experienced than us or not. Oh, he had plenty of experience. He was an uh, older gentleman, too. So he had plenty of experience. And I just didn't I didn't want to hear it. Uh, it was good. I'm glad he said it. But in hindsight, if I would have probably took that, that advice and maybe spent six months to a year to One build out a strategy. Kind of you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a strategy. I built a strategy as I grew. Uh, and I'm still doing that to this day. And so it's, it's not as bad as it once was. You know, I have a clear understanding of what I'm doing and what direction because I you know in the business plan they always ask you where is your exit strategy mm-hmm. and I know exactly my exit strategy now but I couldn't articulate those thoughts in 2013 so what got you there you uh you hooked up with one of our local programs to kind of start building that Google formal right YouTube I'm sure KC source link where, how, what got me where? What are you talking well, about? To, to this point where you know, you oh, say you've got strategy. a strategy, you've got a business plan, mm-hmm. you know kind of where it's going. I went to um, KC SourceLink. That was one stop. Uh, still friends with them today. Shout out to the entire group over there. Um, then I went and I got introduced to eScholars. 
which okay. is a partnership with UMKC for the Reedner Institute, I believe. Okay. Did that program. It's like a year-long deal, isn't it? Yeah, it was an awesome program, too. Um, in addition to that, I got introduced to the Kaufman Foundation mm-hmm. and One Million Cups. Oh, One Million Cups blew me up. Blew me up. <laughs> I did a presentation there in April of 2014, and I was a year and one month in the business at that point. And I was nervous as all get out when it was it was time to go. But in that moment, I'm just getting chills thinking about it. In that moment, I literally blew up my, uh, not blew up, but I, I got introduced to so much more information. Because you have to prepare, you know, it's like. At the time, it was like sharks in there. I think <laughs> I think now it's a little different. It's a little more friendly, if you will. Yeah. But in 2014, One Million Cups was like cutthroat. And it was like all these people in the room. And they were literally asking these very deep-rooted questions that I didn't have no answer to. But one thing I do know how to do is present. I give you a show. I can tap into your mind and make you feel good. I can say all the right things. You know, I have charisma <laughs> and I use that to my advantage but people fell in love with the presentation when I tell you Scott this is when I knew I, I had to push forward with this I did the presentation uh in front of I don't know maybe almost 200 people um at the end of the presentation you know if you've been to one million cubs you uh you have an opportunity to speak with the people who watch your presentation mm-hmm. I only invited my mom to the presentation. Thank God she was there. But (laughs) I was at the presentation and I had a long line. When I say a long line, Woman Your Cup starts at 9. It was over at 10. I didn't leave Kaufman until 1230 that day. I spent over two hours talking to people, connecting with people, they and they were so welcoming. They was just like, "Yo, I want to help you. What can I do? I got these resources. Here's I got... somebody I know. Here's something that oh, can help." Oh man! And so that's in that cool. moment, and, and I, that's when I knew I had Kansas City's attention, at least to start up. And so from that moment, so many things came. I couldn't even tell you what, but Very so good, many man. different things had come from that. Uh, and I participated in, and I got to understand the business, and uh, and now I understand what a, a business strategy is, a business model. I didn't even know what a business model was. <laughs> uh, you can tell me anything about that, but now I, I understand those things, and so understanding my exit strategy, it all literally, I want to say, it took place at that One Million Cups presentation because of the respect that they had, the vision. They fell in love with the Keith Noble, gentle, lovable, and handsome. They loved it, you know, and it was just awesome. And, and it still feels good today just to even know I had that experience. That's good. Just thinking about it. That's quite a testament to the program because yeah. that, that seems exactly like what it's designed for. Woman in Cups is the bomb.com. And now they, they've invited me to come and be like an expert and ask questions. So that's really cool. I go every now and then. That's what you are, man. Yeah, I know. It's like, wow, <laughs> I remember being on that stage and nervous is all get out but i did all my research when before Excellent. i went up there i was i was ready but those questions oh man somebody asked me to see a, um, they yourself. said how much sales did you gross last year i said that's a good question 
if you're interested in investing, what we can do is schedule a meeting and then we can talk about no, some numbers. How about that? And I, you had to really be on your teal toes because it was just kind of like, ah, you know? That's but it was cool, good. It, it really it gave me a lot of um, empowerment and encouragement to go forward with my company. It's it's validating and, and helpful mm-hmm. to know that there are people behind you. Yeah. You know? Kansas City's been very supportive. Very, very cool. supportive. I mean, literally. So that sounds like it, it really launched your, your, your formal stage of, of planning yeah. and, and expanding your business. Where, where are you at now and where's it going next? Where I'm at now, well, we're in the office, production office, right? No. It's um, beautiful, man. All uh, these people working to make bow ties around me. and Yeah, yeah, it's a <laughs> lot of people in here, you know. Hey, you guys, keep it down in there. Uh, <laughs> no, so um, the, 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 the interesting thing is I'm at a point now in my company where I want to create uh, multiple income streams. Because mm-hmm. with a bow tie... Uh, it's just one look. I mean, it's not even a look. It's an accessory. So it complements the look. So I've been taking some uh, serious time to develop a uh, product or service that would offer a man the entire look. The man in a uh, Keith Cravat man, let's say that, mm-hmm. the entire look from um, everything except underwear. I haven't got to that point. But offering shoes, offering socks, Excellent. offering pants, offering um, belts, uh, blazers, suits, belts, uh, uh, vests, all those things. And so I've been partnering strategically with people. And so right now I'm in a partnership with Jay Hilburn, which is a uh, menswear suit, custom casual suit provider. I'm still learning my things. I'm in training right Excellent. now to understand it. Um, but they are... Um, they, they, they have stylists across the nation that mm-hmm. work and sell their product. So essentially, I'm a stylist. So me bringing these two services together. So now Keith Cravat will offer menswear styling nice. on top of the full look. We can offer you all of that custom pieces, literally. And it's so cool. Like, I'm just so immersed with it. I'm just trying to understand how do I implement this into my business model. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing that, and then I have another partner out of Atlanta called Miguel Wilson. He's a, a designer, really, really, really beautiful stuff. Um, he does a lot of, uh, he's a celebrity designer. So he's, he's my, um, uh, intro into the celebrity space and he's awesome dude. Uh, we actually met on Instagram. So power of technology, right? Very cool. Um, and it was a connection through a friend, Anna McNear. Um, anywho, make a long story short, um, I'm at a position now where the company is preparing to launch uh, different services. So we'll have our style solutions, uh, which will address the needs for men who, who want a stylist. And projections are showing that men uh, style by 2021 is going to increase or triple, I believe, just in the experience. And men mm-hmm. are wanting to dress up more than ever. Um, so Keep Corral offers style solutions, um, addressing that and offering style uh, men's styling services and um, the suit, the look, the look. And then we have corporate solutions. Uh, I get a lot of different people that contact me and say, hey, Jordan, could you come and do a bow tie one-on-one class or something? And tell really? Me? Yeah, and I have yet to do them yet, I must say. But That's people cool. ask for that service. 
people also contact me and say, hey, I have an employee celebrating five years of employment. I want to do something nice for them. Could you do a cigar box package and get it to me? I'm like, yeah. Something Mind special. you, all these things have been going on for years. <laughs> and I didn't never notice that I can package that and offer it as a service. Because right now, we're just a Keith Cravat bow tie company. That's it. Mm-hmm. We just do bow ties and then for any event that you have. So now I'm in a, a process where I be revisit my business model. And so we're preparing to introduce the style solutions, the corporate solutions. Um, in addition to that, we'll have. Ooh, I forgot the other. Oh, of course we have the bow ties. So that's the sure. product that we. It's have. always going to be the staple, right? That's going to always be our staple pieces, and then we'll also have our uh, formal solutions. So formal solutions will address weddings, uh, special occasions like galas, oh. proms, uh, any type of event uh, that you are going to, and you need a formal bow tie or you need a formal suit. Um, so those will be the four areas that we focus on, just having product available for everyone to shop and buy. Uh, then we have our formal solutions, our corporate solutions, and then our style solutions. And that's where we're heading into in that direction. Uh, my goal is to have the company sold by 2023. Not really sold, but I don't want anything else to do with it in about five years. I got to go on and make some Time more for the money. Next one. Yeah, I got to move on. And I'm already working on that idea, but that's, I guess, a podcast for another day. <laughs> um, so... So moving into this five-year strategy, I've revisited and I've redeveloped, uh, and I'm building a team. I have people that is working. My seamstress is actually in Iowa, so I send her stuff. Cool. Yeah, we met on Facebook. Really cool girl and lady, and she's the most affordable, let's say that. Um, and she got to be affordable from shipping stuff back and forth yeah. to Iowa, right? But anywho, so... Um, so the next three or five years, there'll be a lot of shifts, a lot of changes uh, that people will start to see and unfold. Uh, but by 2023, um, you know what? I don't think I want to share that idea with where I'm going in 2023, just because That's all right, I don't man. want no one to rob me of that opportunity. But just know that it's going to be a partnership or I will be selling the company and I will I will just have equity and keep providing. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with it in about five years. Fair I enough. just want to build it, get it to a point where people have jobs, you know, and we're, we're, we're creating a space uh, uh, that's sustainable for Kansas City. It's going to always be here to everyone that always asks me, why are you in Kansas City? Oh, you should go to New York. You sh-. No, I'm not going anywhere. Keith Cravat is going to be headquarters here. It's going to remain here. Uh, reason being is because the competition is so much more. Okay, it's I become saturated if I move to a market like New York. Yeah. Do you know how many bow tie designers are in New York? Probably more than here. <sighs> Clearly. And, <laughs> and, you know, since I started my company in 2013, you know, you do a, um, what's an analysis over who's doing what. And there was no one that I found at the time doing it. And so now there's about 10 bow tie businesses local here in Kansas City. Huh. Speaking of, there's this young guy named Eden. His name is Eden Bowties. I think his name is company. He got to be all of eight years old. Um, so I'm meeting with him in about a week because I'm going to work with him. Now, That's I'm going to work with cool, him man. if he has his business mind on uh. straight, right? <laughs> Let me tell you why I say that. So I meet this little fella at an event, and I kept hearing about him. People, because I'm the bow tie guy. So people would tell me, like, have you met Eden? He's like a little bow tie guy. And I'm like, no, who is him? Who is he? Finally, I meet the kid, and I said, hey, are you the bow tie guy? Mind you, I've never said that to anyone. And he says, <laughs> um, he says, yeah. Who are you? And I'm I said, the other bow tie I guy. said, I'm the bow tie guy too. He said, 
Nah, nah. There's only one bow tie guy. Oh. And that's me. And I said, "Excuse me." Just I said, "Okay." Down, I said, "Okay." I said, "Okay." I said, "Okay." I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eden. What's your name again, sir? <laughs> and so he, then he responds and says, "Yeah, you competition. I can't do business with you. You competition." And I'm just sitting here like this little eight year old is trying to size me up. I didn't know how to respond. Here I am thinking I'm about to have a friend in the bow tie business, and he's like, "No, you're a competitor." And I said. Okay, okay. So what I'm gonna do is talk to your mom, okay, son. <laughs> I'm gonna talk to her oh, awesome. because clearly you don't realize what we could potentially do together. And so I contacted his mom and, and we scheduled a meeting. And so it's clear to me that he has either a a passion for what he does for him to even say that to me, absolutely, or man. b. He's just doing it because his mom is telling him to do it. So my job at that meeting is to determine <laughs> if this young man is really in this business because he enjoys doing it or if he's doing it because mom is like, this is what you're going to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to meet with them, but I have a really strong feeling that he's doing it because he wants to. That's really cool. And man. so I imagine doing something with Eden. I don't know what, but I know for sure I'm more on the business side. I want to step away from the creative and direction. So I've mm-hmm. been looking for someone to come in and be in charge of that. I don't know if it's this little eight-year-old boy, but <laughs> how cool talent. would that be uh, to partner up and he become a creative director and at a, at a young age and really understand what he's doing? Because he, he did both times how I was doing them. I that's, look at them and I laugh because I'm just like, that's way. the start. That's that's how it gets started. And so it just inspired me That's very uh, cool to see that. So, yeah, it's, just, cool. it's so many different angles. I'm going with the company um, and I'm building a team. I've been praying and asking God to send me a business partner because uh, everything that you've seen has been through my vessel. I've been the one that's, you know, building this Doing company from the bottom up. I've had people come in um, and respect to them. Man, I've had so many people that's worked with me on projects and interns. So many great people that's pushed me forward. It's been a community um, of people surrounding and rallying this idea for Keep Cravat. And I owe them all the gratitude that I that, that lives in me. Um, however, it's been a lot on my own, you know, just trying to really push this up. And I said, if I just had one or two more business partners... To take some of this weight. Because I'm a visionary. Okay. I, I have the vision. I can tell you exactly what I want done. And then I, on top of that, I give you a strategy. And I tell you, this is the plan. We're going to do strategy A1, A11, A11111. <laughs> like, I'm that guy. Uh, but when it comes to carrying out the vision, that's the struggle for me. And so I have this incredible plan. Uh, but far as implementing it, it's going to be a struggle because I'm taking on the the orders with the clients, well, yeah, taking yeah, on I mean, the marketing. So. You may not be the best to do every piece of your plan. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. You know. And I'm not called to do everything. So anyone's listening, if you're interested in being a partner or you so, may have an interest in fashion, please contact me. So I love the vision for it. I love that it's going somewhere. I love, we've, we've had a lot of Kansas city love so far. Yeah. So I always want to know because you love Kansas city so much, what are Jordan's hidden gems around town, man? I mean, and it doesn't have to be really hidden if there's just places you love, but man, it could be a bar, restaurant, park, bowling alley. I, whatever you, whatever you like, man, I like a lot of different discover stuff in town. You know, what? I, one thing I tend to do uh, once a quarter, or I try my best to, because once a quarter comes so fast, 
Um, <laughs> I like to go to uh, Nelson Museum and I like to sit in the the, the, Leon, the lawn or whatever and I people watch. I enjoy watching people. That is something that just... It teaches me so much about how people move, how they think, how they, how we as a people just act. I just sit and watch, and I see some crazy things, and I also <laughs> see some beautiful things, and I'm just like, wow, that's so cool. Um, and I usually I have a bottle of wine with me. I don't try to finish the whole bottle, but you know, sometimes you have those moments, right? Um, anywho, side note. Uh, <laughs> so another place I really like to go is to uh, the Green Lady Lounge. That's one of my favorite spots. Some sweet jazz. Yes, I love sweet music. Uh, I mean, sweet music. I love jazz music. Um, I like to go there. I like to go to the Mutual uh, Foundation. The music oh, hall. musicians. Mm-hmm. Musical, uh, I never <laughs> say it right. Musicians Mutual Foundation. Yeah, you know, I only been there past midnight, so couldn't tell you the real name of it. But uh, it's an awesome place. Um, I really like, um, oh, what else do I like? I have so many places I like to go. That's a good thing. I like, uh, I'm starting to like uh, this Tiki Bar, or I'm sorry, Tiki Taco. Tiki Taco? In Westport. It's next door to uh, Freaking Frack. Yeah. It's really good tacos there. That's one of my joints, too. Interesting. I'll I like that, that one spot. up, man. Corvino. Have you been to Corvino? I haven't. Oh, man. That's down there in the WeWork building? Yeah. See, in now, the I'm, crossroads? I'm a very sophisticated, you know, person. And so that brings out all that sophistication that I enjoy. It's, they have this burger. Um, it's similar to the town. It was inspired by the town topic burger is what I was told. Um Really good. Um, they have these fries. Oh, man. Corvino is downtown. That's a really nice spot I like to go to. Um, Monarch. Have you been to the Monarch? Nope. That's down on. That's another sophisticated place I like to go to. Uh, I think that's the I'm only. I'm not very sophisticated, so it's oh, easy for me that. to discover these. Well, we're done. We're going to get you a fit. Uh, we're going to get you a fitness schedule. Um, uh, Monarch is really nice. Monarch KC is uh, really nice. Who else? Another place I love to go to, which is uh, my church home, City of True Church. Cool. Um, shout out to Pastor 83 and First Lady J. Uh, I've been going there for the last three years of my life, and that's located on the east side of 63rd instead of high school called Southeast High School is where we meet. Cool. Um, so that's an awesome place for me to go to. I think that's a gym, literally. If you are a believer or if you're not a believer, that's the place you want to go and at least get introduced to Christ. Um Another gym. I have another spot, but I can't think of it. It's all right, man. Those are those There's are so fantastic. It's a great list. You know where I, I want to go and check out? What's that? The Webster House. Have you been I've there? Heard good stuff about it. I haven't, I haven't been, there. been there though. I want to go check out the Webster House, um, and I think, um, yeah, it's another cool little spot too. Um, yeah, I can't think of it. Oh, good. So man. many spots. Though. That's a good start. That'll keep me busy for a good two months. Oh, good, good, <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, Jordan, man, can't thank you enough for taking time oh, out of your you. schedule. It's it's really cool to see behind the scenes of what somebody's doing. Yeah. And and just bringing style from Kansas City out to the world. I love yes. it, man. So thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. And yes, to that, I, I echo those thoughts. Kansas City will become a fashion forward city for men. That works. Mark my words. Well, have a great day. Thanks again, man. Thank you. Well, folks, I told you Jordan was doing cool.
cool stuff. I hope you really like that conversation. He is a great guy. Get online and check out Keith Cravat and look for him around in your local fashion shows, shops, stuff like that. Thanks for joining me on another show of Casey Greats. I hope you have an awesome week. And as always, let me know if you know somebody that would be great for the show. I'll see you next time.